Hello, guys and girls, and welcome back to another episode on the Becoming the Trader podcast. So, join with me today, Ibi Ansari. Really, really excited to have Ibi on the podcast. He's been in Falcon for you know a very long time, and he's gone through the ups and the downs, the struggles, and he's someone on the younger side of things, but definitely has a wise head on his shoulders, which you're going to learn from this podcast. Now, what I aim to get out of this one is just a raw and transparent you know, journey of his journey so far, all the struggles that he's gone through, how he's overcome those things, and his mindset and his focus and his approach to how he tackles the market. So excited to have you on. Ibi, how's it going? Good one. Good one. Great. Really excited to get into it. Good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I think a, a good place to start. Just give people a brief rundown of your journey so far. How you've kind of, how long you've been learning to trade? So overall, I mean, I started um, Jan 2017, but I was self-taught for just under a year. Mm-hmm. And straight after that, I mean, I wasn't getting any progression. I had like a three percent strike rate. I had no clue where I was going. Um, no foundation. And the, the thing with being self-taught is you don't know where you're going right and where you're going wrong. You have to trial it. And with that comes a lot of wasted energy, time, money, and you're just going in circles. And then as soon as I start, I started to go out and look for mentorship. So I looked at different companies and those kind of things. But I was following a few people that were actually Falcon students. Mm-hmm. And because I was so used to seeing support resistance styles, and I was pretty much getting sick of seeing the same thing, I actually came across one of the students. It was Michael. Saw his his charts and they looked really nice. They looked really aesthetic. So I messaged him and I said, you know, is this your own style or are you learning of someone? What is it? And then he mentioned Falcon. And so I had a look at Falcon. And the first thing I was, I was looking at is, because I was used to seeing course prices that in the thousands, I saw £97 a month. And I, the first thing I thought was, is something dodgy about this? Went on it and <laughs> I thought, let me try it for a month. And honestly, the amount of information that I took in, and, I, and I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I had this sort of ego that, oh, I've been self-taught for so long. I learned so many different things, but collectively, that I thought I'll pick it up quite quick. And the, the fundamentals, the actual backbone of the, the style wasn't that hard to pick up, but it was the process after that that became hard, the disciplines and the consistency and those kind of things in the routines. Mm. So yeah, after I took a mentorship, I had this whole stigma that, you know, now that I've got mentorship, it'll be a lot quicker for me, which is true. But I had the deadline in my mind was within a year's time, I'll be trading like crazy six figures or something like that. And that it has to be something like that. So I had this sort of rush in my mind and that really derived from after dropping out in February last year was when I had this sort of imaginary deadline in my mind that I have to prove to specific people like my family or friends or parents of some friends that I'm going to make it by a specific time. And I had this one year deadline, which did not serve me. Yeah. In fact, it slowed me down. Mm. Um, and that's the advice I give to everyone is just don't set deadlines. Instead, just, just measure yourself and it'll be a lot quicker to get there as opposed to slower so so yes being in falcon since last april a lot of progression has been made not not so much physically like we spoke about this as well there's not 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 tangible progression but internal progression has been so crazy like i was actually looking at my charts from just over a year and a half ago yesterday and i was actually i was about to throw up it was that bad (laughs) indicators ichimoku clouds nasty it was disgusting and looking at style now when it's so simplistic it just puts you in a category of unique traders, which I think is, is a massive thing. Well, there's two, two things I want to want to touch on there, right? So uh, I think your journey has been, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate that listening to your journey that have been self-taught and you constantly feel like, you know, you want to make it on your own, you know? And yeah. and, and, I, and I was like that for, for a period of my life as well in trading where I felt like, 
you know, you want to do it your own. You want to be known for having your own thing. And, and then I, I kind of got over that part and then it just happened naturally anyway, you know, yeah. but this, there's nothing wrong with having guidance from people. And I think what you've done is that when people are self-taught at the beginning, they tend to have an ego and that's fine. But when you can bring it to self-awareness and realize, well, why do I need to have an ego? That's not going to serve me anyway. Yeah. Let's actually just learn. Let's see things. Have I got any bad habits? Is there anything else that I need to learn? So I think it's nice what you've done there. And just touching on you from a, um, a returns point of view, how have you kind of found that? Have you had consistent months? Have you had inconsistent months? What's your sort of patch been like over the last, let's say, year? So it's been... It's been quite unique, actually, I'll say. But since June last year, June up until January 2019, I was actually consistent. So when I say consistent, I mean I was profitable each month. Mm-hmm. And to the point where literally I go one month was 0.04%. I was not going into negative, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was consistent for 10 months. I was profitable and those kind of things. And what that did to me is actually instilled an ego in me and an inner dialogue that I didn't actually, you know, allow it to come to the forefront for quite a while. So what happened is January, end of January, I went abroad and I actually became very ill, whatever. And, you know, it, became, it resulted in me not trading for the full month, for the full month of February. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I came back from being abroad, back into my own environment, back into my own state and had this sort of blissfulness that I'm back in my own environment. And it's a really nice feeling when you're back. But what it did was it overwhelmed me. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> being back in my own setup, I... And being so overwhelmed, I took beginner setups, beginner trades. I made rookie mistakes uh, because I was so hung up on the fact that I didn't trade for one month. I had this perfectionist mindset that I need to make a specific percentage by this quarter. And I wasn't even looking in quarters. I was looking month on month by then as well, mm-hmm. back then, which was really bad. And it's that employee mindset that you instill, not an investor mindset. You know, investors measure themselves on a night-to-day basis, but you get employees measuring themselves on a month-to-month basis. And that's exactly what I was doing. So March actually was the first negative month for me after having 10 months behind me of profitability, which hit me really hard in the beginning. But then it inspired me more because I'm like, this is just a sign, an ultimate sign that I still have to improve and it knocked me back into place. Because during March, when I actually started off at 7% in the first week and a half or two weeks, I was up 7%. Mm. And I had this massive ego saying to me, oh, I can take this trade. I was taking average trades because I knew I was so high in profit that I can actually you know, risk-taking trades that weren't usually... Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage yeah. right there, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So then I did that and before I know it, I'm in 5%, then I'm in 4%, then I'm in 2 then I'm at break-even and I'm like, shit, something's going wrong here. Then I, I was saying to myself at the same time, wait, you've not had a negative month, it's impossible. And one of my friends even asked me, you know, are you sure you, you're sticking to your plan? And I'm like, listen, have you seen me? <laughs> like, I had this ego yeah. and looking back, it's just something that I feel like people set return, uh, breakthroughs or measure breakthroughs through returns. And I think that should change to setting goals of, you know, how consistent you, consistent you are, not in your returns, but in your disciplines and your routines and how you can move forward from that because that will give you, as you know, as a side effect, the returns. And if I just focus on that a lot earlier, you know, it would have been a different position. But looking in hindsight, it's a good thing that it happened because it knocked me back into place. And ever since then, ever since March, I've just been digging really deep into finding myself. Uh, and what I didn't realize is that I actually wasn't trading in congruence with my personality ever since I started Falcon. Mm-hmm. It's something that I overlooked massively. And that small little tweak I made uh, end of May, beginning of June time, when, I, when the, I jumped on a call with Jake and he told me a few things and it knocked, back, knocked me back into place and made me realize 
trading isn't about just copying someone else's plan or looking at someone else's trades or trying to replicate someone else's personality. It just doesn't work that way. It's about finding yourself through your own personality, comes through backtesting and just putting in the work as well. And then once you've done that, things become so much more smoother and they feel exactly that way now. And returns-wise, I'm back in the positive again. And how in, and just jumping in there, how enjoyable does that feel now? You've gone through 10 months of consistency, huge ego that you didn't even know that was there. Then guess what? And sometimes it can be a silent ego, right? But you've yep. got the ego there. You then have a bit of a, an upset. It takes you off off a whack. You're then, you know, feeling a bit emotional, probably thinking, well, I, there's no way that I can be in the minus, you know, because you convince yourself that you're invincible without realizing it. It knocks you back into place, humbles you. And now you probably feel 10 times more empowered because you're trading in a way that is accordance to your highest values, but more so just your personality. How good does that feel? Because I, I remember those moments where you feel like, yeah, you, you don't kind of worry about this. Uh, a typical, let's say a typical trade that you used to take is a, a risk entry top of structure call in the top. Let's say that's not, that might not be in your plan anymore. You don't ever, you let go of that need to think, oh, I need to get this because it's more percentage. You kind of enjoy yeah. letting the market come to you. Yeah, go into that part. How did how did that feel? It makes you feel powerful. It makes you feel powerful knowing that you've you finally got more control over yourself. Mm. Because looking back, it felt like the market was controlling me, even though in the time I didn't think it was. And knowing that you can actually you have a plan there, which uh, the trading your trading plan is literally a gold mine. And I never looked at it that way. I used to never even I never used to actually flick through my trading plan before taking a trade. I used to just have an imaginary one, even though my trading plan was physically sat right next to me in the table. I never used to look at it. So daily goals that I started I'd say in with this was just read the trading plan every morning and like through it, through it and it'll just fit into your mind. And before you know it, you've already got your actual trading plan in your mind, not an imaginary one. That was a big switch for me because I noticed that all the trades I was taking, they weren't even in alignment with not even my own personality, but my plan. Mm. But I thought they were. And it's that imaginary state that people need to get out of instantly and just like I say, you know, you should you should value confirmation over emotional judgment a lot. And that's what I wasn't doing. Like before, in talking about what you said, I used to think that if I haven't called top or bottom of structure, I don't get any of the best points or sniper entries, as people call it, then I won't feel like a good trader, which is completely, it's, it's garbage. It doesn't make you a bad or a good trader. What makes you a bad or a good trader is, are you consistent? And that's it. And exactly. doesn't have to mean returns. It's in discipline with yourself and sticking to a routine, sticking through discipline. And that's what I believe. That, that, that's good. I, I, I like that. Not judging yourself based off of like where your entry is, you know, yeah. the, you, your truest edge in trading is you sticking to your plan. That's according to your yes. personality. That's what I've yeah. said, right? That's the most important thing that is where consistent. And this is why there's not one particular personality that favors another personality that's going to guarantee consistency. Yeah. And, and this, is, this, this is the important, this is the important part because you can be consistent as a conservative trader and you can be really consistent as an aggressive trader and you can be in the mm -hmm. middle, right? Yep. But you can't be a consistent aggressive trader if you're conservative. Yeah. You can yeah. try to replicate it and you will get some level of success, but you'll be emotional as hell, anxious all the time, and you'll forever be, you know, fighting a, a battle where you feel like the market's controlling you. Yeah. That's, that's not the goal. So you can, you're, if you're in it for the long game, that's a question that you need to ask yourself and for anybody listening, if you're in it for the long game, then you should be thinking about, well, this is my personality. Well, that's the most consistent thing I could ever stick to because it's me, you know? Mm. I'm going to stick to something that is the closest towards me in my trading plan as possible. And then guess what? You don't have to force anything. You just yeah. be yourself. And that is the most powerful feeling you can ever have. Yeah, 
hundred percent. And I feel like you can relate it to, to the fighting industry as well. You've seen so many fighters that have, for example, scaled up a weight or scaled down weight just to fight someone to prove things to people, and they've lost because they're not fighting comfortable to their own weight. They're not fighting in accordance to their own weight category. And I think the same applies to trading as well. And I feel like sports and trading can relate a lot, especially the psychology aspect of it. Is that you just got to stay where you're where you're comfortable, where you know you can perform best, and then utilize that and magnify that as much as you can and double down on it. Yeah, exactly. Say, for example, you're really, really good at trading continuation patterns, for example, right? If you're really good at doing that, then it might mean that reversals just don't sit well with you. And you find yourself when you're taking reversals that you're constantly trying to call the tops and the bottoms. And if that's giving you negative, right, negative feedback constantly month after month after month, I've seen people actually only focus on continuation. And it, and it makes it work for them. Now, sometimes they don't always hit the, you know, the crazy figures that we're after, but they still hit conservative 6 to 7% a month. And it means they have to be a little bit more patient. But guess what? That's what they're like as individuals. That's their personality. Yeah. And they've found to be content with that. And I, and I, I hold a lot of respect for that people can do that because it's so easy to get sucked in and think, yeah, but I want this and I want this figure. It's not about that. You're trying to become consistent. And if it, if it just so happens that you're a super aggressive trader and that works for your personality and then you're really accurate and you do hit the 40, 50% months consistently, you know, and you're, and you're comfortable taking a lot more losses in a row before actually catching the right trade and things like that, then you'll probably sustain it. But then at the same time, I almost feel that that is a cocktail for disaster in the long run as well, because as you get older and you get more responsibilities and things like that and time, you might want to find that you want to trade less. And then it mm. pulls on different strings because your mind is saying, you know, no, I need to get in the market. I need to do this and this. And then you've got other responsibilities and then you can't do that. So I'm super big on sustainability. There has to be a compromise there that whatever you do now, all the habits that you're building as well, it be everything you're yes. building now has to be sustainable for the long run. So you have yeah. to take into consideration that you might have a business in the future. You might have this, yeah. you might have three kids. Are you going to be able to trade the way that makes you consistent now with yeah. more responsibility? That's the question yeah. people should be asking themselves. What's your sort of thoughts on that? I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, because like, like you said it as well yourself, that when you're talking to investors, for example, the, mo- the more attractive thing is how well you can, let's say if, for example, they look at your yearly report mm-hmm. and they say that when you were in drawdown, I, were, you bef- were you behaving the same way as you were when you were doing well? 100%. And were you sticking to a plan? And I think that's the most attractive thing as opposed to returns. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this. That. That, that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me speaking to investors, yeah. that, that exact thing. I'm not interested in you know, the end figure of what you can make. I'm interested in the, the hard periods and the corrective periods. Do you change anything? Yeah. Is there any erratic things? And, and I see this. People do this with strategy as well. It's, conven- it's convenient how, uh, and we've seen it with people, you know, they, they adjust strategy that they might add in an EMA, for example, right? Yeah. Isn't it convenient how that EMA gets added in in a corrective period? Yeah, yeah. You need to be really, really careful. If you're somebody, and, and this goes for all strategies across the board. Let's say you trade a support and resistance-based strategy, and then in a period of time that maybe it's not performing that well for you, and you think, oh, do you know what? I need to add in this uh, Bollinger Band or something, right? Because yeah. I feel like this is going to help. But that same unstable mindset is going to be the same thing. What happens when it changes? Say, for example, right now you're adding an EMA, or you're adding some sort of zone, or you're adding something else. Then guess what? When the market starts trending, and it's very, very impulsive, and it stops respecting those things, you then think, oh, well, what about this? Then you change it again. It's an unsustainable, unstable mindset, and it isn't a common breed in successful traders. It's not common traits. What you'll find in successful traders is that even in a period of, let's say, a return's not performing for them, 
or a setup isn't performing for them. They understand what probability means. Probability is doing the same thing and understanding that you might not get your end result. Yeah. Taking the same setup through a difficult condition and you might not get the same result. And you 100%. might think, well, you might think, isn't it good to adapt though? What about if it's quite corrective? Isn't it good to adapt and maybe add in a few little extra things that might help? Yeah. In the short term, that might work. That's true. But I want to ask the question in the long run, how does that fit for you? How do you know when we're switching over to other environments? What are you yeah. going to constantly chop and change? Now, let me ask you the question. How are you going to do that at scale? Are you going to feel comfortable chopping and changing when you're trading 10 times what you're trading now? Probably not. And I've seen that a lot with a lot of unsuccessful traders. They do well at something and they feel like if something doesn't go right doing that thing for maybe a two to three month period, which is quite convenient now because we've had a corrective period, they will change something. They'll add something in thinking, yeah, this will benefit me. But in the long run, it doesn't. And then yeah. it, it teaches you to, when times get tough, I need to change something when that's not actually the way of success in anything whatsoever. You have to do the same thing over and over again. I'm a big football fan, right? For those of you that spot football, you probably would have heard of Barcelona, right? You probably had a look at Barcelona as well, Lionel Messi, etc. And what was really interesting to me, and this is a bit of a different way to explain it, but what you used to see is that they've had a lot of success, right? And especially in the years when they were you know, winning every single year, everything. I used to notice something, even when they were down, let's say they, was, they conceded a goal and there was one nil down, for example, and it's, you know, or two nil down, and it's the 80th minutes, 10 minutes left. They would still play the same exact way. You wouldn't get yeah. one of their midfielders, take the ball and think, I'm just going to shoot from 40 yards because I want to score the screamer, right? What they would do, they'd pass out to Danny Alves on the right back, he would be on the flank and then he would whip it in, right? Yeah. And, and it's an interesting point, right? Because... In those times when you know, look, there's 10 minutes left, you want to get the ball and you want to score. But yeah. what did they understand? The philosophy was, even when we're down, we don't deviate. We play the same yeah. way because we know it works. And even, they, and, and even if they lost that game, right, they know that it's not about that one game that they lost or the two games they lost in the season because they know that if they stick to that every single game, they're going to win La Liga. They're going to win the Champions mm. League, whatever it is. So you notice this not just in, you know, in fighting. You notice it in football. You notice it in yep. so many different things. You do the same thing over and over again, even when you have a period of when it's not working for you. Because to it would be to change your whole system. And then you're going to get mix, a mishmash of results. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And I mean, like quickly relating back to trading, I think it just comes back to a lack of clarity. Mm. It really does because... I think this, this whole idea of, and a, a social media has a big part to play in it, that people like to show that they're putting in the work. But actually what might happen is when, for example, they're testing or they're going to do back testing sessions, whatever, they might not be going deep into the testing, but they're just testing for the sake of testing. And so people miss out. I feel like they miss out. For example, when you're testing, you don't look at corrective periods. You just test it in accordance to your plan and then you're not emotionally invested into anything. It's just mm -hmm. you're testing the markets. And you're seeing how well your strategy performs over a period of time. You don't actually highlight the corrective phases and saying, oh, this phase was, you know, it, had a, it was a very slow period in the market. Some people do, some people don't. But I feel like the ones that don't, they don't perform as well in the live corrective markets because if they did do that when they were doing testing, then they understand that sticking to your plan is the most high quality, most probable thing for you in any condition in the market. And I feel like going deep into your testing is, is much, much better than just doing it for the sake of it. Is that something you would encourage for people in the, let's say speaking to the Falcon community, what would you say has helped you the most? Because you have had, even though, you know, it was a different to your personality, you've had consistency. You don't get 10 months of consistency by fluke. So what yeah. was the, what could you say is the main things that you were doing that helped you to remain consistent? 
I just had a consistent mindset. Uh, I didn't have at that time, surprisingly, being even being early on, I didn't have any rush in terms of saying that you know what, in two months I need to make it, or three months I need to make it. I didn't say that by the end or this, this, we're three weeks into March, for example, or April, and there's one more week left. Maybe you need to make, you need to make up, you need to make a big percentage. I didn't have that in the beginning, but I slowly stayed towards that because I was too involved in other people's lives, and. Again, everyone's different with social media, but just stay away from it as much as you can and utilize it in the right aspects where you can, for example, follow the right people. Don't, don't stalk students or don't stalk their lives or don't stalk their returns because that constant comparison is just going to hold you back so much, honestly. And you, sometimes you don't realize you're doing it. And it's little things like waking up and just putting your phone away for a bit. Just try something different and it'll, it'll make things totally different. And I stopped doing that. And so that consistent mindset slowly shifted into an inconsistent mindset. And I was all over the place before I knew it. And it wasn't something erratic that I just realized overnight. I realized it just recently, like a few months ago, I talked about March and April. I realized it then and it reflected in my returns. And I thought, what was I actually doing wrong? The thing is, I wasn't actually technically doing anything wrong. I was just missing out on things that I was doing before. That's all it was. So my biggest advice is, especially when people are doing things like testing or going through the plan, don't force that because time is time. And you can't force time. Time's going to happen when it, when it happens. But understand things like when you're testing, make it practical and don't just do it for the sake of doing it. I used to look at the dates of the trades that I used to take each month in, in testing day. And it made me realize that they weren't actually every single week, every day. Mm. It was every few weeks. And then the more you look at the dates, you realize in testing, you're not emotionally invested into it. And secondly, you're, you're going through every hour by a click. It doesn't work like that in real life. And people don't look at that. You know, and people... Yeah, so involved into testing that they try make it, you know, they try cross-reference it with real life into thinking that the real life markets move that fast as well because your brain becomes so used to that. So I'd take a step back and understand, practice patience, you know, and like you, you told me this as well, when you're delivering something or you're ordering something, the little thing is choosing the worst delivery option, like the slowest delivery option to practice that patience practically, it will make a difference 100%. Yeah, and I know it's a little silly thing, right? Because we're so used to, you know, Amazon Prime, get this, get this. Now, if I'm not in a rush for something, it's got nothing to do with cost, you know, because it's like the difference of a couple of pounds. But on purpose, I've then done that and, you know, ordered something that is going to take four days instead of, you know, next day delivery. Because, you know, I don't need it right now. And I'm just going to get it for when it comes in three or four days. Because what it does is it just reminds me constantly. I'm big on trying to be grounded as much as possible because in an industry like this, especially with money and things like that, you can get sucked in. No matter who you are, you can get sucked in. So I'm, I'm very, very conscious when it comes to things like that. Like I've said to you before, I've said like I take my mum food shopping, for example, in the supermarket, yeah. right? When times when I've missed trades, I could, I could argue that's not a good use of my time. But based off what? But based on, it depends on your values. Family is important to me. So I don't measure, oh, I could be making this. You, you can't outsource everything. You can't outsource yeah. your family. You can't outsource your life. So, you know, when it's all said and done and you're older and you're 80, 90 years old, I think you're going to regret more things like that where you focus on, yeah, I could have made a little bit of extra money here, but what about memories? What about moments? So yeah. I find ways to keep myself humble and keep myself grounded. So I'm not instant, instant. And it's, it's, it's key what you said there. It's very, very important when you're back testing, you can use bar replay tool, right? You yeah. can speed up price very quickly. And sometimes that is counterintuitive because in a live market, when you realize it's not that fast and the market isn't as going, going as fast as what you think it is, you're thinking, well, I've taken that trade. It's at the top of the structure. It's a third touch continuation. I'm looking for the next impulsive leg. Why is the trade not taking off? Like what's happening? Yeah. Like I've back tested this. It's normally quite aggressive. 
Yeah. And, the thing, and the thing is, it's only aggressive because you've seen the full move. Yeah. Which, which will happen anyway. But you're impatient. You close down trades, make emotional decisions. You move your stock too tight because you're you're not think you're not utilizing the same thing. So I think an important thing that you've touched on there that not many people talk about. You need to take a step back and remind yourself that your backtesting market is not the same as your live market, and yeah. the market is actually a lot slower than what you think. I mean, look at Euro Pound. We could have had FOMO on Euro Pound for about three weeks. Where is it? Still in the same place. It hasn't gone anywhere. And you'll find that with a lot of trades. Have you yeah, found that as well yourself? A hundred percent. And I was literally thinking the same thing. I was like, imagine how many people must have FOMO about this trade. And I, including myself, I would have been the same a few months ago. So I just realized, take a step back and think, if this is going to be the big move and you've tested enough and you have that clarity, you'd understand that there's going to be so many entry points. You literally do not need to rush anything. Because if you do, you probably lose more rushing things than you would if you didn't rush things. Exactly. You know, but aside from trading, uh, a question I've got for you as well is... Yeah, go for it. As, as you know, you know, money is something that provides a lot of, of comfort in life over the inner gratification that you get over it. But what would you say is the most important aspect of your life to target towards to gain that true inner gratification aside from money? Uh, it's a good question. When it comes to, you know... I don't really get too much gratification from money anymore. You know, money is just a, it was always a side effect of things I've wanted. And, you know, when you achieve certain things, and then that's not to say that I don't have any other materialistic goals or anything like that, but I, I, I get my instant gratification, if you like, from helping, from helping others succeed and, and yeah. fully seeing them take control of their lives, you know? And it doesn't always happen instantly as well. So I have to uh, almost manage that as well because this is a conversation I was having with the, the team as well. Sometimes I expect, um, and I was having this last night, I expect people to have the same exact belief, same exact work ethic, same exact patience as what I did, right? So yeah. then what happens to me is that then I'll get frustrated if someone has started to complain after three months, for example, because they say, right, I'm not consistent yet. And I'm thinking, why are you so impatient? But again, they need to be guided. And I constantly remind myself of my gratifications comes from guidance. This is why it's Falcon Trading Guidance, to be able to give as much guidance as possible to then say, well, that person has, hasn't had the guidance. You know, That person could authentically believe that three months is a long period of time. But if you don't have anyone to say, well, look, that's actually a very small sample and there's zero examples of people that have made it in three months. So what are you comparing yeah. it to? But you know what? When you get caught up into it, I get it. You get frustrated. You think, oh, it has to happen now and all these things. So my gratification comes from authentically seeing people succeed. I love it. I love seeing people take full control of their lives, especially when I know that they've been in a tough situation and you know they've really turned it around. I'm a big believer as yeah. well on when it comes to helping and things like this. And I've spoken to you in detail about it at, I, I don't feel sorry for people. If people say to me, mm -hmm. you know, that I, I don't really have much money. I can't really afford this. You can't afford not to. You need to be tough on yourself. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in that, that we're, we're building a soft environment for so many people, especially mm -hmm. through social media. And I want to bring back the toughness. This is why I, I yeah. turn people away all the time. People message, message into Falcon. If I join, what's the success rate of me, you know, becoming consistent within the first sort of three, four months already. They've got the wrong mindset. Like, sorry, this isn't for you. This isn't yeah. for you. Come back when you've got the right mindset. And I give them a few pointers on things they can maybe listen to watch so they can come in with the right mindset. You have to yeah. be coming in with the mindset that this might take you two to three years. Yeah. And we, and we want those people because those are the people that go to succeed. Otherwise yes. we'd have a high failure rate. You know, we could get people through yeah. all the time. Guess what? Mm. Those people will give up after a month and they'll fail. We don't want those. Yeah. People. We want people exactly. that are serious. We want people that are serious. And that's why we have such a high success rate because yeah. of our filtering process. 
We keep people yeah. in the community that are serious about success. And that's why we have the support there. Like you said from the very beginning, I couldn't believe there was all of this involved in just that for the monthly monthly membership. There's, yeah. there's a reason for that. We wanted to change the game. We yeah. wanted to, to, I wanted to tap into but There's so many people, right, that have a lot of talent that could be great traders, but they don't have £3,000 or £2,000 to pay for a course, for example, right? Yeah. And they don't know whether they can be a good trader. They don't even know whether it's for them or not. So you need to give yourself a testing period. Well, guess what? If you stack shells in Tesco or wh whatever you do, you can afford to pay for a monthly membership for, for the next year or whatever. You know, you just have to factor yeah. in as a priority. You'll waste more money on that. Um, you know, takeaways that you don't need that are not healthy for you. But yeah. my point is, and we're giving people the opportunity to tap into the knowledge and powerful information and guidance that is going to make them successful. Yeah. So then I, 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 there's, for example, there's a guy, uh, no one will know him. I'm just going to say the name Jordan because anyone could be called Jordan, but a guy called Jordan, he, he didn't know whether he was going to be involved in trading, right? And he would have, he said he would have never, ever have even entertained the idea of trading until he came across Falcon. But because it was affordability, right, he was able to tap into that and gain access to it. After three months, he's realized how powerful it is, making crazy progression. And now he's well on his way to being an incredible trader. That's the right habits, the right traits. Yeah, That's another 100%. person that would have even entertained the idea. So this is why we're so big on reaching as many people as possible, but keeping the authenticity and the organic side of what we represent as a community. That's the most important thing. A question yeah. for you then, Ibi, what, what, what yeah. do you love about the Falcon community the most? You know, it, it can be bad parts as well. It doesn't always have to be good. But what, what are the main aspects that you, that you love about the community? Well, there's quite a few. The main one being that, first of all, the transparency. When, whenever I spoke to you about this as well, whenever we go to meetups or anything, there's no talks of money. Literally, not one person talks about money. Honestly, it's, it's, it's a fact. And secondly, everyone literally just wants the best for each other. You might not know anyone when you go to meetups, but they all feel like family. It's a weird feeling. And on top of that, one thing about the business as well is that you've never actually gone really heavy into marketing. And, and funnily enough, by word of mouth, which is, I feel like, the most powerful thing, people get attracted to it because everyone has good things to say. No one has a bad thing to say. On a mass scale as well, a lot of people have good things to say. And I think that just says a lot about yourself as well. And I mean, even as students, like I was talking about meetups, that's a reflection of yourself. And if, if you're humble and you have all, all you know, the right traits yourself, it will reflect in the students. And I think that's the best part to look at. Because like you said, this industry is completely fueled with ego. And that instills and, you know, it reflects in other people's students as well. It doesn't actually, serve them. It do, yeah. doesn't, doesn't serve them. It makes them feel insecure. They idolize people. And the, when they don't get the results of the people that they're idolizing, they then start to hate those people. And yeah. then they hate themselves. It's a cocktail for disaster. Now, don't get me wrong, right? There's not going to be a hundred percent success rate of Falcon, and there's not going to be a hundred percent of people that come into Falcon that like Falcon, right? Yeah, that's just the nature of anything. There's going to be people that don't appreciate it. There's going to be people that go above and beyond to really appreciate it, and there's going to be negative people that are insecure about themselves that say things as well. That's tried and true in anything. It's like saying everybody yeah. loves Apple. You know, there's people that are dedicated to hating Apple products. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just everywhere. You can't please everybody. But what you can do is ensure that, and for us as a team at Falcon, is that we will provide all of the tools and go above and beyond and never change the nature. We'll always yeah. provide as much as possible and give the tools to people to succeed. And the people, you know, like we say, you can take the horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah. That is that is the truth. People are trying to with signals and stuff. They're forcing the horses to drink. You know, you're, yeah. chuck, you're chucking gallons of water down their throat, expecting yeah. them not to choke. Like you, you gotta know, make them thirsty. You, yeah, exactly. Make them thirsty. Yeah. <laughs>
but, but the truth is, you know, make people independent. That's the big thing for us. How can yeah. we create more independent traders that, you know, actually have full clarity where they feel like powerful, like you said, they feel like they can own it. They feel like they can own this and be part yeah. of a like-minded community that you can continue from years to come. Meet up on a regular basis. You're making success. You're growing as a trader. You're giving back. You're helping. And guess what? You've got friends. You know, yeah. like we, we grow up, right? We, we detach ourselves from the school environment where we have our friends that we grew up at school. We don't really think about who's kind of negative and toxic and who are the right type of mind frames, do we? We just choose, oh, here's yeah. our friend. Here's our mate. That's, that's all it is. And then when you grow yep. up and start thinking about your goals, you get a bit serious. You start thinking, oh, well, um, George is a bit negative. I don't really like hanging around with George because I always, I always feel bad about myself every time I'm with him because, yeah. you know, this is not a dig to any George, by the way. I'm just using this <laughs> example. Um, everyone's going to start hating George. No, but uh, like you would then want to consciously separate yourself from that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Happens, you then start to feel lonely because you think, well, not many people are actually switched on and positive. So you think, well, I've only got a couple of friends, you know, a couple of people around me. And even then I'm not really sure about it. And this is why, isn't it a sad process that you have to grow up in life if you want to be successful, but then you've yeah. got no one to share it with. This is 100%. why I'm so big on Falcon. It's not just about you coming here to learn trading. Like you're surrounding yourself with a community of friends, people that yeah. are like you, like you, you know, like-minded people that want to achieve success and you're going to see them succeed and you're going to succeed yourself. And guess what? They're going to be there to lift you up. They're yeah. the kind of people they'll realize, you know, you don't have to be succeeding every sec second of the way to be part of the group. But yeah. if, you're, if you're doing the right things and people see that you're trying, you're working your ass off, then guess what? People are not going to be negative towards you. They're going to be like, look, well, let me help you out. How about we just mm. do a quick Skype call? I'm just going to give you a few pointers. And you yeah. feel about that. And that, that's the environment that we have here at Falcon. And that's what I personally love seeing how people have responded to that. And it's created so many successful traders as a side effect, right? hundred percent. And I feel like Falcon just rebrands success as not money returns or anything. It rebrands it as happiness, which is the main thing and collectivity. That's what we want. And, and that's a big thing for me as well. What you said about happiness. I, I view trading as something bigger than just, you know, the return that you can get, whether it's investor or your personal account, whatever it is, I see it as, as that internal happiness. Yeah. For me, it's important to have people working on themselves, becoming the best version of themselves. Why do you think that we do, we're so heavy on goal setting and things like that. And we, and we clap for that progression. Because I oh, know yeah. those people doing the daily goals and the 90 day plans, those people are focusing on all areas of their life. And I know they're achieving clarity and they're feeling more empowered. They're raising their self-esteem. All of these things as a human being that you want, I know Falcon provides and goes above and beyond. That's an yeah. amazing feeling to know that more people are achieving that. They're not just making a bit of money because you, know, you can get someone good at a strategy. They can have short-term success. But if you don't teach them the tools and they don't have the guidance to work on themselves, then that's very short-lived. Mm, because they need definitely. to they need to build them up as a person and i'm big on that building themselves up so they can yeah. be certain and feel powerful feel certain strong and actually have that you know especially when it comes to the male side of things but masculine you know yeah that's a topic we could talk about for a long period of time but you get my point it's not just a yeah here you learn this this is a place where you become the best version of yourself and i authentically believe that yeah 100 percent. And, it, and it's like that quote you know slow character builds so slow success builds character but fast success builds the ego you know, it's yeah, 100%. Honestly. 100%. I know you had a few other questions that you wanted to ask before we finish yeah. up. Yeah. So my next question is, um, so how much of a role do you think daily habits, or habits exterior to trading actually play in becoming a highly skilled trader? So in your daily practices, daily habits, I would say it's probably, yeah. you know, 90% of what you need because yeah. what we do is, 
uh, the side effect of our success, I believe, is just a side effect of our habits that we do. So mm. having good habits, like you know, having your routine, you know, things like that, is important. Having a habit that before you take a trade, you have a checklist. You know what you alluded to earlier. You mentioned about well, I had to trade and plan there, but I didn't even check it. Yeah, like just one thing, like one tiny one percent tweak there of well, I've got my trading plan. There'll be someone who doesn't check his plan, goes and takes loads of shitty trades, and there'll be someone who does check his plan as a good habit and then suddenly takes good trades. What a coincidence. It's a 1% little tweak that people just won't do even when it's right on their desk, you know? And I know the feeling, you know, I'm not completely uh, scrapped from that. I used to do the same things. We've all had bad habits of traders and then we've broken through. So daily habits, I'd say, is, is a big thing. Daily goals, that yeah. even that is not connected to actually trading, but I would say it's one of the biggest parts of how I've achieved my own success because yeah. daily goals is what is a good habit that I've had from, from years and years to keep me focused. And I found that when I take off those daily goals, I have this inner belief in myself that I can achieve whatever I put on paper. So when it came to trading, this kind of stuff that people experience a lot of self doubt where they don't believe in themselves and they, they put it down to like, I wasn't brought up around money and stuff like that. I was the same thing. I wasn't brought up around money, but what I do, what I done, and what I'm doing now is I make a conscious effort to program my mind. I make a conscious effort to tick off these daily goals. And when I do that, it builds momentum and that builds yeah. belief, that builds confidence. So I built my confidence over time. And the biggest habit and the best habit was d- daily goals and actually committing yeah. to that and saying, oh, at the end of the day, five daily goals, that's ticked off. Someone could say, well, you could do more than that. You know, you could have done, I could have done 10 goals. And they do that. Well, those people do 10 goals one day. And they're again, like I said, you know, volume over intensity. Yeah, they would yeah. do an intense session of backtesting or an intense day of goal setting. They'll do loads of goals. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they've done nothing. Where yeah. I will do five days, five goals every single day for the whole year. And at the end of the year, I would have ticked off all of my goals because it's all yeah. congruent with them. And then I don't put this crazy, I put pressure on myself, but not this overwhelming deadline pressure. Oh, this needs to be done by this day or I need to have this return for my investor by this day. I just focus on my processes and my daily habits and that as a side effect, I achieve all the goals that I set in the first place. I found it to be huge for myself. Massive, massive. And, and, and final question very relating to that actually is how much, how much of a believer you in the fact that success is more of a measurement than, than a deadline. And why do you think that as well? Again, you see, I don't think that setting deadlines, you know, there's, there's, I don't think there should be any such thing. There's some, be some plans and guidelines that you put, but I think measurement is more, more empowering. That's the big thing for me. The the reason why measurement is far more empowering because when you don't measure, you overlook. So what I mean by that, you overlook the progression that you make in any area of life. If you don't measure, because Mm. our measurement would be to give you listeners an example you could say for example i want to be 10 percent body fat uh, of this shape for example this muscular shape etc and then you set yourself a deadline for six months and in six months you work hard you know you stick to your your food plan all of that kind of stuff macros and then you get to it and then you look at your you know body fat and you're at 14 percent. but you was at 20 yeah. percent, for example so you've made a lot of progression here but you're at 14 percent yeah. And you look at that six months and you go, ah, you know, you start, eat, then you go the other way, start eating really bad because you feel like a failure, you failed and you didn't make any progression of what you wanted to. You look at yourself in the mirror, you take your progression photos and you think that you should be at this 10% body fat with your abs. Yeah. And then 
that person will then go on a downward spiral and go backwards, not realizing mm. that they were maybe just another three months away from achieving that 10% body fat of what they wanted. Yeah. So does that mean then because you were 20% and you only lost 6% body fat instead of the 10% body fat that you haven't made progression? Does mm. that not mean that you're literally on the right path? And then tell me, where did you pluck that figure out? Where did yeah. you have this random six months at this date and the universe understands that you need to be this body weight by that date? It doesn't, it doesn't get that and it doesn't get it for trading. It doesn't get it for lots of other things in business. You need to realize that measuring your progression and looking at that and saying, okay, cool. So it's been six months. I'm 14% body fat. I've got four more percent to go. I w it would have been, don't get me wrong. I would have been happy to be 10% body fat within that six months. But guess what? I've made crazy progression and clearly what I'm doing now is moving me forward towards achieving that goal. And if it happens in another three months or by the end of the year, then so be it. I'm not going to restrict yep. or limit my goals and going backwards just because mm. I set some random date that I'm going to be consistently profitable or I'm going to be in this. Yep. And I think that's an important message in life in general. Measure your progression. This is why I do it every 90 days. I can take a look at my own performance. I can take a look at overall, my overall life and take a step back and say, right, for the last 90 days, what did I do? For my do, be, and have all around, I can take a look at it and say, oh, well, that was slightly off. Why was that? What tweak can I need to make? How can I keep going? Oh, I thought I would have achieved that goal, but I didn't. Well, how close am I towards achieving that goal now? And then yeah. I just extend when I'm going to push towards it. So I don't yeah. judge myself and get upset. I just think, oh, wow, I've actually made a lot more progression than I thought. And Or if I didn't make as much progression than I thought, I still put it down to, well, I've still made progression and I'm moving yeah. forward. And the person who moves forward is the person that continues to actually progress rather than blames or judges himself, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's interesting because it's amazing how the human mind works. I mean, deadlines are just, I feel like deadlines are just set because of the fear of perception of others. Because if you had no fear of perception of how you'd look like in other people's eyes, you would never set deadlines. You wouldn't I care. Don't think so. Yeah, 100%. You, you, would, you wouldn't care. And, and, and last sort of words that you would say to, you know, to summarize... What was the key message that you would like to share with the Falcon community and just traders as a whole? Is there anything that, that you think about that would be, you know, the most important things for them to focus on? It could be a number of things. Patience is the biggest, honestly. If I, I've, I've been waiting to say this for a long time and I, I, I want to say on a mass scale as well is that patience is um, the biggest thing. If I didn't have any deadlines set, honestly, I'd have progressed 10 times as much. And you have to take comfort in the fact that we, we hope we've all got a long life ahead of us, right? There's no need to rush things. Yes, we've all got responsibilities and those kind of things, but the more you rush, the slower you'll progress and just take comfort in the fact that you're learning a skill where you can turn around and say to someone, I can create a bigger return than a bank. You're learning a skill where you can learn how to consistently trade a market that controls the world. So it doesn't sound as easy when you put it that way. So when you put it that way to yourself, understand that you're learning a skill that is very, very unique in itself and not many people can, can get to grips with. Once you understand that, I think things become a lot more easier and just practice patience as much as anything. That's a breakthrough in itself. Yeah, absolutely love that. Patience and focus on becoming the asset. And that skill set yeah. is going to provide you for the long term. I know you, just before we finish up, I know that you know, you're in a situation now where you're growing and there's a lot of exciting things happen. Yeah. I think it'll be good to, if that's something that you want to touch on now, if that's something you want to keep private, but I definitely would love to uh, revisit this podcast in the future, see how you're getting on and the exciting yeah. work that you've got in the works. Yeah, yeah. So I'll touch on it just for inspiration for other people as well, maybe my age or a little bit older, whatever. That deadline that I had initially last summer of me getting an investor by the end of the year, December 2018, six months, right? That deadline got blown out of the window. What happened is now, just over a year later, after that, I've now got an investor. And 
again, I don't talk about it much because of bad eye and those kind of things, but I feel like it's going to help a lot of people understand that even though I had that six months deadline, it still happened a year later. It's something that you can't control. So don't force time because time is going to happen when it happens. You can't force what's going to happen next week. It's just going to happen. It's destiny and fate, but you can put it into your favor. As long as you're doing something consistently in each day and you're disciplined and it's in congruence with your personality and your goals and everything and all your values, believe me, that stuff just gets attracted to you. But you can't rush the time that it gets to you. Yeah, I absolutely love that. You don't know when it's going to be in a time. And, you know, even from my perspective, you know, you're, you're young, right? But you've got yeah. the right mindset and you've been patient. You've gone through the ups and downs. And, you know, I love where you're heading now and what you're going to go into. And it's going to be crazy to see the progression that you make. And guys and girls for the community, take note of what he's saying. He might be one of the youngest people in the community, but he's doing all of the right things. And guess what? He's attracted it. And now he has an investor. This is not playing small here. And when you have the right mindset and you stay focused, you can achieve it. So don't put it down to how old you are or where you live. You can attract that into your life and you yeah. can find the people if it's matched by action and patience. Ibby, yeah. it's been absolutely incredible having you on the podcast. All these little things, I know the community and traders listening as a whole are going to take huge inspiration and value yeah. from it. And like I said, I would love to see the progression of, of how you get on and see how you're performing, the ups and the downs. We know it's not always a smooth process, but I'm confident yeah. that you're going to come out on top on, on the long run because you have the right mindset. So thanks again. And yeah, honestly, incredible to have you on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care, dude.